Hollywood, USA, the entertainment capital of the world. This is the rumor mill for the week of July 13th, 2020. Your only source for drama, gossip, tea, and speculation from the world of RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, guess what, Mimi? We did. The rumor mill starts now. at the top of the show this is the room room for the week of july 13th 2020 and as always i am joined by the goddess of glitz glamour and gore is glory glocking camp hello Lori. how are you hello darling <laughs> what i when did this become a thing that you do this i don't know i think it's kind of like shut up or i just do it till i see till you stop laughing at it for some reason, oh these are all fake laughs these aren't real Oh, <laughs> yeah! I don't. I don't really think it's that funny. Anyway, Laurie. Well, let's stop laughing at it. Mm. You know me. I follow the laugh. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Laurie, we have a special guest today. Is it your stomach? Because you got to stop calling the stomach a special guest. <laughs> See, that's a real laugh. Okay. Watch. Do the, do the hello, darling, again. All right. Hello, darling. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, that's a fake laugh. You see? No, you went. <laughs> that's what you did. You did that weird thing where you're like, you laugh, but you're really fat and you need to also breathe at the same time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's bring on our special guest we have from the podcast Hot Fuss, which I'm assuming is available everywhere you get podcasts. Say hello to Andy Alarcone. Hello, Andy. How are you? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Hello. It's nice to have you. Yeah. Now, nice. Lori, yesterday I was on the phone with Andy and he was telling me about how hilarious he is. And <laughs> well, he was pretty funny. Yeah, so I know. He's already. Yeah, he's already. He, look, look. Well, now that you saw that Lori's big joke is going, hello, darling. You can see what kind of competition you have, Andy. You know, I do a pretty good chola, so yeah. I would be careful, Lori. I'm, oh, no. Yeah. But I am glad now that I thank you for telling me. Uh, Joe, what your real and your fake laugh are, because now I can call you. Oh out. no, no, I don't think I don't think you will. It's, I'm pretty good at like watch. Say something that's intentionally not funny, Lori. Just try to make a joke. Um. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh. I can't fit into any of my shirts. <laughs> See, that's a fake laugh. Not real. You can't trust uh, anything that comes out of here. I, I felt like that was a real laugh. I felt like mm. you are gleefully excited that I'm getting, I'm fatter than you. Oh, by the but way. Your, your real laugh, allegedly, it uh-huh. has more umph to it. And well, the first time, mm-hmm. because when you like really laughed the second time, allegedly, mm-hmm. it was yeah. like, just like not as forced. So now mm. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if Andy's doing a good job by siding with Lori. When when people side with Lori, it's not a good sign. This Andy, this is a person who the line was too long at Kohl's, so she walked out with a basket full of stuff. 
I, it wasn't a basketful. It was one thing. And I went in three separate long lines. So, you know. Let's, where do, let's where do you it. fall on that, Andy? There, I know there's a side of you that is a good citizen, but then there's a side of you who also says you're doing a good chola. I think a, that's a full-on chola move to like just be like, I, it's stupid. I'm not going to stand no line and then just walk out. With all your stuff and not paying for it? Yeah. Okay, well, look, like, I'm just going to say this. I don't think, like, Target should be fucking, like, set on fire or, like, whatever. But, like, uh-huh. if you need papers or something, like, just go get them. Like, who cares, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, you're, you definitely the, you're definitely the kind of person that's like, hey, yo, I don't agree with ra- with the riots, but, like, I'm getting free diapers, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, the essentials. I mean, what may I ask what it was? It was a, it was like an oil and vinegar container for my mother for I think Mother's Day or something. So. I would say that's essential. Yeah. Wait, is that what it was, Lori? It was an oil and vinegar container. You know what, Andy? You're good. I never in all the time that we've talked about this story, I don't think I've ever asked what the fuck it was that you walked out of the goddamn coals with. It's yeah, because you suck at storytelling. You don't want to know the specifics. You have to know. I, uh, I am a great storyteller. I give all specifics. I, I tell no, you too many. what happened before. Yeah. I tell you. Now, Andy, uh, you don't know Lori from a hole in the wall. Uh, but uh, d- d- she's a crazy person. And everybody on this show knows it. And she tells super long stories. But uh, and so we've we and she's been on a million shows. She told all of her stories. But how any, did anything big happened to you this past week? Was there anything you want to share right now on the show that you that's Me? happened to you? Me? Yeah. No, Andy, Lori. Oh, Andy. Okay. Uh, something big. I wish something big happened to me uh, this past week. Um, but you know, thing. Um, no. You know, the only thing I want to say is I'm I'm kind of sad right now. Like I, I the whole um, the whole Glee thing with Naya Rivera's yeah. wedding, and I'm just like sad because like they the CNN did a thing where they found a body and stuff, uh-huh. and so. It hasn't been identified as her, but I'm just like, um, that's like kind of one of the things that I was like, this is awful. So I don't mm-hmm. think that's a big thing. I just thought it was so sad. And I'm just like, really, you know, ugh, it's just. Well, look, as much think, as, look, I think, I think Lori, shh, Andy, don't say anything. I think Leah Michelle killed her. I'm not, and I'm not even being totally funny. <laughs> I think for people who don't know, was it, cause wasn't Naya Rivera the first one to come out and, and sort of break open this can of worms of Leah Michelle? I think she's she I know that they haven't they they don't get along. They didn't get along. So, you know, I don't know uh to what extent. But no, it was a it was a woman who was like a I think she was a late, uh, added later in the cast or she was like a side character or something, but she she had said that Leah Michelle was was horrible to her, which I could I mean, I've heard stories that Leah Michelle is not the best, but I mean, oh, yeah. where um, are you hearing these stories, Lori? You're inside Hollywood. You're, you're yeah, inside Hollywood at tips. Yeah, at Coles. Yeah. Now, now we have a, a Leah Michelle expert here. Uh, we have Andy Alarcone. Andy, you're the expert in not all things Naya Rivera. Uh, well, go ahead. Tell us what tells. Tell me whether I was right or wrong there. Well, actually, it's funny that you bring up Leah Michelle because, um, according to the Independent, she uh, deleted her Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says a uh, mid trolling over the disappearance of her, of of Maya Rivera, which is like, oh man, that's intense. So yeah, yeah you, you might actually be right. I mean, the only thing I would say is 
it's kind of rude to just like leave your four-year-old there like if you're gonna do it like that's the one thing that that i'm tripping on is the the fact that the four like i don't think it's murder because we haven't seen it we haven't seen her but i mean the investigation might still be ongoing but we haven't heard of anybody else coming on the boat or her plans to meet anybody else and then I don't think it's suicide because I don't think you would, even if you were that depressed, I don't think you would leave your son in danger like that. No. So I don't know. There's so many things it could be. And I was thinking like, cause I guess they, they, they interviewed the little boy and he said that, yeah, like they were swimming. And then at one point, like she just didn't come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, well, there were no witnesses really except for him. Mm-hmm. anything could have happened like I, we were talking yesterday about this and like, she had like a seizure or like a heart attack or like i don't know well my aunt was saying that she was she heard that that lake peru is has a lot of uh undergrowth has a lot of like right. um shrubbage i guess in the in in the water and they think that maybe she got stuck and couldn't untangle herself but I don't know. Oh. That's kind of unbelievable, too. So it's just, I don't know if we'll ever fully know the truth. But yeah, it's just, to be honest with you, I was when they said yesterday, they had said that they were going to start moving to searching the cabins around the lake. And I was like, I would love it if she just like left her son, went to a cabin and just went on a bender or something. You know, like I would love, yeah. I, I think that would be the best, like the best alternative to everything is if she just like, was like, I can't do this. I'm going to go, I'm going to sit and lay in a cabin and just kind of uh, peace out for a while. And then it's like, okay, well, she's a terrible person, but at least she's not dead. Yeah. But right. uh, now Andy, it, it has not been lost on me that I ask about what's going on in your personal life. And you talked about Naya Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> well, much like Naya Rivera, his personal life is mm-hmm. uh, n- n- a mystery. So yeah, he doesn't. There you go. Yeah, I so- just think it's it's sad with like Cody. You know what's his name, and that whole thing was just yeah. awful. Not only because you know he uh, OD'd, but because he was beautiful and he OD'd, and so things like that just really affect me personally. So and and Puck and the guy who played Puck. Right? Wait, 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 wait. What's going I don't know about any of this stuff. Wait, who's Cody? You know, oh, is Mon- that his name? Uh, I think it's his name. Cody Monty, isn't it? Oh, Cody yeah. Montrese. Oh, okay. And the guy who yeah. played Puck died too? When? He was, uh, they found some child porn on his computer. And when? Was, uh, this was a couple of years ago or maybe last year. I don't know. They, they found some, and he was going to go to prison. Uh, for some kind of child abuse thing, and I think he hung himself in his jail cell. Wait, or what? Or at home or something. Wait, yeah. what? Hold on for a second. I don't remember. I'm sure. I'm sure it's true. But how did yeah, I miss this? That's Mark Sailing. Yes. Yeah, Mark Sailing. Yeah, that was that was a weird one too. Wait, the he, guy who played Puck on the Real World? No, 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 no. The I think I maybe I'm thinking of a different name then. No, the guy it's Puck on Glee. You're right. Oh, oh yeah. Puck okay. on Glee. I think you're talking about Puck from the real world San Francisco. And I, I was like, what? I love Puck from the real world San Francisco. That's Nobody's ever want- talking about Puck. From the That's world. why I was so shocked, Lori, that you were talking about Puck. I'm like, why is Lori talking about Puck uh, from season three of the real world? Still, though, I want the record to show that still we have not gotten anything about it. Andy's personal life, but we're going to leave it right there. We can tell when we'll be shut down and we're going to move on. Laurie too. (laughs) 
story. Uh, Alexis Mateo in an unearthed video be- is previously recorded in Spanish came out against RuPaul's Drag Race treatment of Latinx queens. In a clip shared by La Grupa Oficial, uh, Alexis Mateo appears filming herself and speaking in Spanish about the mistreatment of Latinx queens on RuPaul's Drag Race. The Puerto Rican queen starts off by saying that Drag Race Season 1 runner-up Nina Flowers, who is also from Puerto Rico, should have taken the crown over Bibi Zahara Benet. Then Alexis alludes to other queens of Latin descent who've been celebrated on the show despite not actually speaking Spanish or representing Latin culture. The queen says, I don't care who your grandfather is or great-grandfather is. For me, if you don't speak Spanish, you are not a Latino, period. End of discussion. These roots are very important. Despite the fact that Alexis doesn't name any person in particular, a queen like Bianca Del Rito, Del Rito, Del Rio immediately comes to mind considering that she won Drag Race Season 6 but made very few mentions of her Latin heritage, Latinx heritage. On the show, Lori, uh, we usually go to you first, but why don't we go with our guest here, Andy? Yeah. Andy, do you have any? Th- I mean, like, obviously, you've you've made it very clear you don't know a great deal about RuPaul's Drag Race, but you are Mexican. You do speak Spanish. I am Mexican. I don't speak Spanish. What are your thoughts there on what uh, Alexis Mateo said? Just joke. Thank you for allowing me to respond. Yeah. Um, you know, here's the thing. The the one thing that bothers me about what she said is how uh, you just because you don't speak Spanish doesn't mean you're Latino. Mm-hmm. Um, that's BS. Sorry, but that's not how it works. Uh, there's yes, of course, language is like you know a huge part of our culture, uh, but so is a bazillion other things. And you can't disqualify somebody for not speaking Spanish. In mm-hmm. and I think that's just like is it. It's, it's. I don't even know like what it is. It's like you're you you are a minority, and then you're also discriminating against minorities. I feel like that was just a very discriminatory thing to say. I did not like mm-hmm. that at all. Lori, you know you're a well-known uh, Latina, and uh, no, not in, at all. Well, you date a Latinx person. I do date a Latinx person. Yes, I. Uh, I think I agree with uh, with Andy. I think it's very offensive. I think it's it's prejudicial. It's sort of like, you know, saying it, it's uh, a, a lot of what people have to deal with within their own races. You know, when with black people, well, you're not black enough. Asian people, you're not Asian enough. You know, Latinx people, you're not Latin enough. You know, it's just like I think there is some uh, there is infighting within the group of like you have to be this specific thing or else you won't be considered, you know, your race. And it's like, that doesn't, that's not a thing. You know, if you, if you are uh, Latinx, you're Latinx. And just cause you don't speak the language that doesn't make any sense. Um, I will say that I am noticing and, and I'm going to say something and I want you guys to, you know, obviously give me your opinion. I do believe that there is some bias in RuPaul's Drag Race. I really do. But I feel like now we're getting to the point where, Look, I, do I think Alexis, there was some prejudice with Alexis? Yes. But I think now you're getting to the point where it's people are saying it's a race thing when it's really just that person just wasn't talented enough to move on. I think that that sometimes not, you pick, but when you pick between two people, if you don't pick the person who's Latinx, it's not because you, you don't like Latinx people. Mm-hmm. It's because the person you picked was more talented and I I feel like I watched season one and I feel like the person who won season one was was obviously in my opinion the winner of the season 
So let me, you know, let me get this straight. Up. Let me get this straight. I, I want to make sure you're saying it here. The winner of season one, in your opinion, is the winner of season one. That's, yes. just what, that's what you just said. The winner of yeah. season one, in my opinion, is the winner of season one. Well, I'm glad you're weighing in with you. Well, I just think, I, look, Laurie. I think Didi Sahara Benet, I think she was obviously the front runner. What yeah. I'm saying is, is like, there, she's basically saying that she thinks Nina Flowers what should have gotten the crown, but didn't because RuPaul's prejudice against Latinx people. And to an extent, yes, I do agree with that. I mean, look at how Alexis was treated in her season mm-hmm. in in this, in this current season right now with mm-hmm. the whole, you know, produced, you know, kick out that she got. Mm-hmm. I think that that was a little bit I could I, you could say that was a little bit racist the way that they did that, because, you know, I think that they I, I didn't like that at all. But I think when you look at season one, in my opinion, Bibi Zahara Benet oh, okay. is the winner and Nina Flowers is just not not as talented. But how I is think- your, your opinion that the fact is that, like so it's your opinion that the winner of season one was the actual winner of season one? Because you know, J- Joe, what I'm saying is that she deserved to win. She okay, won. That's different. She deserved to win, but you're, I don't know. Never mind. Here's my opinion. I don't understand why you're trying to make it something else. You're I don't understand to why you're trying to make it. De- that's that's your fire. Get off the show. Andy, we have a new host of Rumor Mill now, Andy Alarcon, <laughs> who always agrees with me. Anyway, here's what, here's what I think. I, look, I agree with you, Lori. I agree with you that BB Zahara Benet is the winner of season one. Okay, but God. what I will what I will say is I do think and and I and I wouldn't use this example. Do I think that there is a bias against queens winning the show or anything like that in terms of the competition? Not that I've seen. Even though I agree with you that Alexis has been mistreated thus far or now forever because she got eliminated this week on All Stars Five. But what I will say. In more the way that the queens are depicted, there is a different kind of racism towards Latinx queens. And I'll use a perfect example. And I've done whole episodes and whole treatises, and I wrote a book about it. Uh, but the way Valentina was presented on the show, Valentina from season nine, who, yeah, so like Bianca Del Rio is a good example. But there have been other Latinx queens that are low-key Latin. I know who she's talking about. She, you know, like, for instance, Adore Delano is a Mexican from Azusa, California. But she's very white presenting. India Farah, I don't know if you know this, Lori, is a Mexican-American, right? I think she's Mexican. I know she's Latinx. I don't know. I, thought, I just assume she's Mexican, right? Well, who was the queen from uh, from the season before, from uh, Ship Pie season? She was Latinx. Oh, Crystal. Chris, yeah, Crystal. Yeah. yeah, Crystal Method is... Latinx. And so queens who are, and so maybe this is what Lex's point is, is queens who are white presenting and are Latinx uh, do very well on the show. But, and I'm not saying that queens who aren't, but I think that the, that the, that the racism that you see, it's a very, it's almost like to quote a very famous uh, person, it's almost like the, the soft bigotry of low expectations. But uh, even to go beyond that, the racism that you see is more making it a pan-Latino thing and just sort of lumping that all uh, Latinx people because it's just one uh, monolithic culture. And what I mean is, so Valentina is a good example. Valentina, I will say, because they've always had Puerto Rican queens who represent Puerto Rico. And I think that the that the cast, the, the producers and the casting directors just assume Puerto Ricans and Mexicans are the same thing. But Valentina was the first drag queen that I can remember that brought to the show a very distinct and authentic Mexican 
uh, point of view in terms of fashion and how she presented herself. Now, even though she's also, even though Valentina's also Mexican American, she more she's not white presenting. She is a Mexican American with the emphasis on Mexico and and gave a Mexican aesthetic. And you know, the thing is with Mexico. Mexico is like the Hollywood of Latin America. Most most shows, not all shows, are, are produced in Mexico. And so Mexican culture, just like L.A. culture or United States culture, is pervasive in uh, Latin America because a lot of shows are most of the entertainment is produced in Mexico. And so people from around Latin America were like, oh, my God, who love Drag Race. And a lot of Drag Race, Drag Race has a ton of Latinx fans from around the world. And they're like, oh, my God, this is why... I mean, this is the first time we've actually seen ourselves represented on RuPaul's Drag Race. And they went apeshit for Valentina. And they went apeshit for Valentina because they were seeing the aesthetic. The problem isn't where the racism comes in, is the show didn't understand that and didn't know how to handle that. And so to them, they're like, well, they just like Latin people, so we'll put on a port. So the next season, they just put on some other random Puerto Rican person thinking like that. And that's where I think the racism comes in is... Not necessarily being biased against them, but not taking the initiative to understand the culture and see a difference between them and then instead see them as a monolithic, uh, one monolithic culture, which is not. And do you want to weigh in here? You're also Latinx. Well, yeah, I was thinking the person who comes to mind uh, when I think about this is Jessica Wilde. Yeah, uh, and, and Alexis mentions Jessica Wilde in her speech. So that's one of the things is that, you know, you kind of have to see, say, okay, what makes a person represent us? And and we each have different expectations or definitions of what Latin is, obviously, um, because otherwise she would never even said that because I don't consider someone who doesn't speak Spanish, not Latin. And so, you know, when you say, I want to ask you, Joe, when you say, well, they started to be obviously represented on the show. Do you mean like via fashion? Like what it, What exactly was it that you were like, oh, that's Latin about that person? Are you talking about Valentina? No, I'm talking about in general. Like what for you makes somebody Latin representing uh, on that show? Is it the way they dress, the way they talk? Uh, you know, what is it? Yeah, uh, I, I think what you're asking me is when I talked about people being white presenting versus not. Is um, if you saw Adore Delano speak or if you heard her speak, I mean, she's very fair skinned. She doesn't have a discernible what what some would consider Latin accent. Uh, She could, quote unquote, pass for white. Okay, Uh, And the queens I'm talking about could, too. Even though when you look at someone like Bianca Del Rio, I think you would look at her and uh, and you would think to yourself, well, that's a Latin person, right? But she also doesn't have a discernible accent. And I do actually think this is where you get into a conversation about language, where I think it's not necessarily that people are judged by the color of their skin, but really, I mean, obviously people are, but I think there's another element of it too is sort of how um, immersed in the culture you are. So if, if you have a very American point of view or white point of view and you sound like a white person, then you are accepted more uh, by uh, society in general. 
And um, that's just sort of my opinion. But and so that's why I think like people might not think of, they, when they think of Latinx queens, they probably they might not think of Adore Delano or like Lori pointed out, Crystal Method. They wouldn't think, oh, yeah, Crystal Method is Mexican, you know. But when you have someone like Valentina, where Valentina in her fashion, right? Uh, first of all, Valentina had a very regional uh, Los Angeles area Mexican accent. And but in her fashion was decided this is not by accident. This is intentional on the part of Valentina, where she chose to incorporate a lot of Mexican culture into her clothes. You know, like, for instance, there is um, an episode where she. Um, she there's somebody I know who has. Oh, uh, she it's I was like, it's Lori's roommate has the same name as her. But there was a, one time where she literally and you would have to be like. Mexican or into Mexican film history and a big old fan Mexican movie history and know this and fashion and whatnot. But there was one time on the runway where she walked in a, in in an outfit that paid homage to an outfit that the Mexican actress Maria Feliz wore to like an award show, you know. And anyone who follows that kind of stuff would pick up on what she was doing, you know. Uh, and so yeah. she pays homage to her cultural heritage a lot in her fashion and her aesthetic. So I, I think that's, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, 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 sorry. Go ahead, Larry. I also think, and I don't know if if I'm going to sound like an idiot with this, but I also think it's kind of up to the performer whether or not they want to represent their heritage. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that one of the things that sucks for for uh, queens of color. And that that you don't really have to do with uh, the white queens is the white queens don't have to worry about representing their heritage. Nobody's like, ugh, yeah. you know, so not dressing up like a French person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it, it's just that's just uh, or or an English person not representing mm-hmm. their Scottish heritage or whatever. And so I think that there's a lot of pressure put on these queens. I mean, even we kind of asked why, why isn't Crystal Method mentioning her her Latinx backgrounds or whatever, and it's sort of like. It, it's it's one of those things where I think it should be a uh, the queen should be allowed, even if they're not even even if they're not white looking, to just say, look, I'm my own queen. I don't want to I don't want to have to represent my entire heritage. I want to mm-hmm. just be able to do my thing. And I think sometimes they're sort of expected to. And I I kind of feel bad for them. So I think it's a little frustrating when Alexis says something like that because I think she's basically pigeonholing a lot of the queens into just forcing them to do something that they might not necessarily want to do. They might not want to be a whole entire representation of their heritage. I agree a hundred percent with you. I mean, what is, what is everyone supposed to do? Come out looking like Frida Kahlo every time. Like, <laughs> I mean, no, you got to be your own person. And, you know, I know that like, uh, like for Valentina, yeah, she was one who did that and that's great. But you know, there's also stuff like, you know, where she was one time wearing a, a mariachi yeah. type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was super cute. And I love that. But also, like, this isn't what Mexicans, all of us do. Like, you know what I mean? We're not, like, all out there wearing hats and playing guitars. Well, and you know. in that particular look, the, the challenge was to represent your hometown. So she was paying homage to Mariachi Plaza and Boyle Heights. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the Groundlings um, is a prime example of that. The Groundlings is very much like play not only play to your heritage but play to the stereotype mm-hmm. so uh, i can't tell you we had this uh, uh black guy in our in our class 
And he would write these sketches where he was just a normal person. He was just a normal person doing something. And the teacher would always turn it around to where he had to be this sassy, gay, black guy mm -hmm. who liked to twerk mm -hmm. and do all this. And he was very funny at it. But it's like sometimes you want to just be able to just not have to constantly play to the stereotype that people think of you as. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, I think that's one of the things that, you know, is, is such a hard thing for, for people of color is not only do they want to be able to represent their heritage sometimes but sometimes they just want to be their to have their own identity and be their mm -hmm. own thing and do their own thing but people are constantly like well what how does that represent you know latinx heritage or how to represent african african heritage and it's like who gives a shit if you want to do something that's just you just go out and do it and i think you know i think that's the pressure that a lot of uh drag queens of color are dealing with so all right I don't know. all right let's close the chapter right there let's move on to our next story I was originally going to do a story about uh, it involved Crystal Method, actually, but uh, it was taken down from RPDR drama, and I think just because it was so boring. But uh, had, and by the way, not it wasn't about the Confederate flag. It was the one about uh, her drag show. People were mad about her drag show charging money. Who cares? Uh, but I asked Andy to bring a news story. Andy, do you have a news story for us? Yeah, so um, I had a couple. I, I was actually trying to figure out if I had to keep it light or not. But <laughs> uh, one of them that's really funny to me, and it's actually kind of uh, ties into our last topic, was, um, you know, as gay people, for example, we have always been, I think, throughout history, like, the jesters and you know so even in mexican culture i mean joe you probably know more about this too is that when you know on tv and stuff we were always like the guy like juggling the uh pinballs or whatever mm -hmm. they do, right? what show like, what show are you watching you know like this old black and white like it's tv show. show yeah you know you know the one where they're always having people juggle pinballs you know I what I mean? Wait, by the way, if someone came on and juggled pinballs, I think I'd be. I've never seen that before. Have you ever what? seen that before, Lori? I have. They're, they're, they, my aunt loves old movies, and they'll always have like, they'll always be like, it's like a serious movie where it's like, oh, the this guy who's been free for forty years is kidnapped and brought back to a slave plantation, and then all of a sudden they just so like for comic relief they'll just have like a random guy in a unicycle <laughs> oh, wait, juggling totally. pinballs it was an example joe it was, not, it was, it was not pinballs he wasn't juggling but i'm just telling you it does happen they do have like they would just have like random people just about uh, walking about the movie so like in middle eastern culture for example like they have shows out there where gay people are allowed to come out there and be funny and do stuff but they are not acknowledged in any way as like yeah. gay right it's so, like a fun interjection yeah oh yeah that now we're gonna have you know now we're gonna have some fun and it's just like a a uh, gay guy coming out and just kind of like going like, <laughs> how's everybody doing? And just yeah, like, you know. like Uncle Arthur on Bewitched. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. So um, there was an article on TMZ where, uh, so I loved, I grew up watching Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And uh, the writer, uh, James Gunn, said that he wanted in the movie for Velma to be explicitly gay. And that the um, you know the, the the production company Warner Brothers just like shut it down basically, and they were like, yeah, he's like I tried, you know, he was, I wanted Velma to be to be gay, but the studio just kept you know watering it down and all this stuff, and I was just like, oh my god, because this is uh, something that I always thought of as you know because we've had a lot of shows, we've had you know Will and Grace and you know whatever. 
but for cartoon and well movie actually now uh that they would actually not let a gay character be on there and i was like wow and it's really cool that he as the writer came out and was like i wrote her this way like this is who she was supposed to be and then it got shut down you know what i'm saying so i thought that yeah. was like a really interesting thing and i i just that, was that like, is like a real, yeah that's a real interesting point yeah but you bring up an interesting question Lori. yes would you do this velma i'm gonna throw a curveball out yeah and I'm going to say, besides Jessica Rabbit, who I feel like is, for some reason, just, you know, across the board, is sexy. But besides Jessica Rabbit, cartoons, usually, I don't think of them in sexual ways. Really? So, I I don't, I will actually disagree mm-hmm. in that I think that if this was a live, uh, are you talking about when they did the live action? No, I'm talking about the cartoon. No, I'm asking Andy. When they did the live action version of the movie, did they want they would they want Velma to be gay? Or are you talking yes. about? Like a, oh, okay, yes. okay. Well, then, yeah, I agree with you. I think if a, if it's a live action, yeah, make her gay. But a cartoon, I kind of view it like they're all like these like androgyny, like they're just they're just cartoon. Like it's almost like kid like to me, and I don't like putting sexual connotations on cartoons. But that, there's um, a difference between sexual and sexuality. Right? Yeah. Like, why can't you? I mean, I don't know how they would do it in a cartoon, but, you know, represents a sexuality versus being, because I, I agree with you. It's like, uh, you don't want to expose kids too much, but also I think it's at that age that, they're, that they are, can start learning about, you know, gay yeah. people and lesbians and trans and all that stuff. That's fair. I, I just I, I, I just so I go back to the whole thing about whether or not SpongeBob is gay. People always used to argue about that. And it's just like I just kind of I'm like, eh, who cares? Like, I just want him to be like a fun thing, you know, not not we don't have to worry about his orientation sort of thing. Right. Um, but I guess I could see what you're talking about, where it's not necessarily like, you know, imposing like sex, sex on the person. You're just you're just talking about their sexual orientation. So. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I do ahead. switch my uh, switch opinion if it's a live action version. I'm shocked that they didn't allow that for the live action version. I think that would have been a lot more interesting. So, Andy, yeah, what cartoon characters do you find sexy? Ooh, um, okay, this is weird, I guess. But in the Lion King, <laughs> um, I mean. Uh, Mufasa was, you know. Oh, do you do you have like a daddy thing? I don't have a daddy thing. I just think it's like more of a power thing where I'm like, ooh, like his voice though. That voice is pretty right. Well, that was James Earl Jones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has a. I mean, I don't think of James Earl Jones being that you know particularly sexy, but he has a sexy voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, who else would be sexy gay? Hmm. Yeah, Ernie and Bert definitely weren't. Well, I guess that was in a cartoon. Scar. I feel like Scar is definitely like a. They have the worst. They have the worst taste. One, Aladdin can get it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Two, uh, Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid can get it. Three. I don't know the prince's name in Sleeping Beauty. He can get it. Four. I used to masturbate to the beginning of this cartoon called The Real Ghostbusters. When I was like twelve or something, I don't know how old I was. Seven, I don't know how old I was when I masturbated. 
You were masturbating at seven? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Lori. I was just take out my seven-year-old schlong and just... Uh, Andy, like- what's the earliest you remember masturbating? I literally, I remember I was like 12 or 13 and I, fr- I thought I broke it. I, I literally did. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to go to the hospital now. Cause oh. I- <laughs> no, same thing happened to me. Cause I was like, oh, I did- no. I, well, I thought what it was is I had to go pee and then I tried to go pee and there was just this goo and no pee came out and I got really scared. So I, uh, so there's this movie, um, mm-hmm can't think of the name it was with reese witherspoon and she was playing like a high school student who was running for um like election election yes and uh, i remember watching it with my parents and immediately there's a a scene where this guy's getting a blowjob in a hot tub and immediately i started going like oh my god i'm feeling something so like i had to leave the room so i leave the room i go to my bed Mm -hmm. and i lay on my i'm laying on my stomach and Mm -hmm. i'm just starting to like kind of like jostle a little bit because i'm like i don't know what's going on and then all of a sudden it like it hurt it was so powerful but i thought that my stomach had exploded because like i felt like this like weird pain but it was like a good pain kind of thing Uh and then i was like oh i think i just masturbated that was it that's wait you said wait 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 i have so many questions here glory as always you just smash barriers along the way so you went to the bed and you, what did you, how did you actually get your stomach to hurt? I just was, I was like moving up and down on my bed on my stomach. Were so you I had, thinking about Reese Witherspoon giving a blowjob to the guy? No, it wasn't. I don't think it was Reese Witherspoon who did it. Um, I was just, it was just like the face of the guy that was like, he was just like so into oh, it. And oh, and then is that what you were thinking about when you were masturbating? Yeah. <gasps> I was just thinking about that. Yeah. And then all, so, yeah, but then you go to my next question. I've never even thought of asking this. What do women feel when they have an orgasm physically? What do you physically feel? It depends on, um, on what kind, because mm-hmm. there's different, because women can have different kinds. Mm-hmm. So mine are very like, mine are, are very sh- like short but I can have multiples. Mm-hmm. So like I can go for, I can go like, and my girlfriend's very like powerful and she's like a one and done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like after she has one, she's over. Um, and mine is almost like, it just kind of feels like right above your, like in kind of like your FUPA area. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of feel like a, like almost like, um, ugh, it's hard to explain. It just kind of feels like a just a release. Like there's it, the whole time you're having sex, there's like pressure building, and then it just kind of feels like a very like like uh, exhilarating release of pressure. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like that you're just automatically you just feel like this like sense of euphoria. So. Wow. I don't know. What does it feel like when a guy ejaculates? Andy, you're the guest. You want to take this one? <laughs> Well, I, I, yeah, I'll take that one. But I just want to say, because now that you guys started sharing, like, people who you thought were hot, and I'm the only one that cho- chose an animal, I feel like now people are think I'm going to be into uh, bestiality. So I need to I need to revise my <laughs> my person. Um, I'm going to say Prince Zuko uh, from Avatar. Okay. Oh. So hot. Yeah. Mm, daddy. Like, that sexy like okay so i'm gonna i just wanted to say that um wait can you hold on for a second we need to take a break for this chorus the lesbian anthem the lesbian vote of 2011 i love the nightlight i've got to forget 
sorry. When Lori so, started talking about masturbating, I had to run this. Andy, Joe insists that this is the lesbian national anthem. And I'm telling him that there's no way that a lesbian would would uh, play this song at all in any in any scenario, willingly to listen to anything. Lori, yeah. Lori, I have, I have a bunch of questions for you. No, I want to I want to ask. Andy was answering. Oh, okay, that. sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I agree with you. When I when I think of this song, uh, I actually think of it more as gay. Like, thank you, Andy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You are my new favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I think more like M- Melissa Etheridge, like coming to my window. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well. Lesbians everywhere are just making out right now when they hear this. Your your time is limited on this show because Joe hates people who disagree with him. But uh, I appreciate for the moment that I've I've been proven right. Um, oh. So you like uh, what did you think about the the guy, actor who played um, the Z- Zuko in real life? Did you think he was attractive, or did you not? Did you not care for him? Um, for some reason, the cartoon character just did it for me. Okay, uh, you know, I just that fantasy, yeah, uh, kind of thing. I don't know. Uh, and then what? Um, Joe said you were going to answer what it feels like for a man. Yeah, Andy <laughs> thinks he's really. Andy thinks. Look, Lori, let's let's take a look here. He keeps thinking he's going to filibuster or do double speak to get out of these questions, but you and I are like hawks. I asked him anyway earlier talking about his personal life and he pivoted to Naya Rivera for some reason. And then well, now you asked him, Hey Lori, listen, I am I'm a man and I'm talking. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, But um Do you have no comeback to that, Lori? Well, I'm a white person, I'm gonna interrupt you. So anyway, uh, <laughs> So anyway, what I was gonna say is So what I was gonna say is that uh and then you asked about that that question and now he's he's trying to pivot out of that. We, but I I agree with you, Lori. Don't let him get out of it. Don't let him get out of it. If it doesn't feel comfortable if you don't feel comfortable answering, I don't want to put you on the spot. Oh but, no, I I have literally like zero limits. Uh and I was I don't know where Joe thought I was gonna pivot. How was I what did you think I was gonna say there? Because thing, Joe makes up these conspiracy theories in his head and then he sticks to them like like they're the gospel but i mean the fact of the matter is is that we we sidestep uh stories like you know nobody's business and he andy's just trying to keep along and keep the thread going so the mm-hmm. fact that he's he's not skipping anything he's just trying desperately to hold on to the thread of what whatever the hell we're talking about <laughs> well joe's paranoia aside um, I will tell you my the way I feel because I think it's different for everybody because like I mean <laughs> I've been with one or two guys and um, congratulations mister <laughs> I actually know my number which is I used to keep a list of like the names of everyone Ooh. I was sleeping with yeah it's crazy then of course I ran out of paper but I <laughs> um, for me it's this um, it's it lasts a long a long time Okay. For, for a lot of guys that I see, it lasts maybe like five to ten. Seconds. It's just not like that for me. It's like a long period. Like really? Yeah, it's like really weird because they're like, <laughs> you know, showered and out the door, and I'm still like, I'm like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's that, and it also is just one of those things where you just feel like complete release, and then afterwards, it's like 
exhaustion. And I think that's why a lot of guys do it before they go to bed. Um, oh, okay. Sleep better. And oh. so, yeah, and it's just like this, it's very, you know, obviously euphoric. It's better than anything I've ever eaten. I, I don't know. I just, I can't compare it. It's really hard to describe, right, Joe? Like for a guy. What was that noise, Lori? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? It came from you. I literally don't, I literally don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Uh, for me, it depends. <laughs> oh, no. I was going to ask, Lori, when, when Star orgasms, when you're with her, do you feel her vagina muscles clench around your forearm? Yeah. Do you Yeah, really? it hurts. It hurts? Yeah. She, like, crushes my hand, essentially. Wow. Wow. Andy, so. the only way uh, Lori's girlfriend can get off is if Lori fists her. Well... I mean, she'd make a good witch, right? Yeah, that's wait, true. Wait, what? Why? I don't know this. What is this? Laurie, is that something we should just keep between us? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanna... Okay. <laughs> right. uh, so, what? What other? What were we talking about originally? What I don't know. It's, it's time to mm-hmm. go to the spoiler alerts. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we even have an opinion? Did we even do another story or did we just go off the deep end? I don't know. Here we go. Uh, Well, look, it was a good discussion point. Uh, Anyway, guys. Oh, wait, let me end that second. Oh, wait. I keep forgetting. I don't have to do a Patreon pitch. This is only for Patreon until uh, All Stars is done. Uh, Well, okay, guys, you know what's coming. So if you don't like, I'm not going to do even do the siren yet. Okay. We're just going to shoot the shit for a little bit. Just, just run to your, you know, I, I'm, I, for some reason, I always imagine humble Bree getting out of the bathtub and like flopping across the apartment to get to her stereo in time to turn off the, yeah. um, the, 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 I, I imagine like an old timey, like, like portable radio that we're on or something. Right. And I imagine so, like spiral queen, like, because she says she likes to listen. I think it was Spiral Queen. Says she likes to listen while she's doing like chores. So I imagine yeah. she has it on like a table or something. Yeah, and she yeah, just, yeah. Like, f- like jumping over her yeah. couch to yeah, turn yeah, this yeah. off. Yeah. Or like Luke Stamen has to wash the blood off his hands when he's chopping the body up. <laughs> well, yeah. obviously. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, he, that's always what he has to do. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. But uh, yeah. here we go. Here, so you guys have had enough time. Listen, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, well, you're in a whole lot of fucking trouble, mister. Get the fuck out, because the spoilers start now. All right. Uh, we know, we, as always right now, we have two sets of spoilers. One for RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5, and then for Canada's Drag Race, which State of Pi made sure to tell me the other day is technically known as Drag Race Canada, not Canada Drag Race. I'm not, I'm not, wait, it's technically known as Canada's Drag Race, not Drag Race Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get through this and get the fuck out of here. For All Stars 5, uh, now some of this is in the preview. The And so, Laurie, you know it's going to be a three-hour episode this week. This week, it's a stand-up comedy smackdown which means you and I will be pontificating like nobody's business. Dang. Yeah. Stand up comedy back down. Based on what you know, Lori, who do you think will win this challenge? You know, I mean, let me see. 
I think it'll be between Jujubee and Cracker. Mm-hmm. And I think Jujubee, I hope Jujubee will win. But Jujubee is, is more like personality, so she might struggle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I can tell you, the expected winner is Ms. Cracker. Really? Ms. Cracker. Hmm. Now, as you know, with the new plot twist, anyone who doesn't win is automatically in the bottom. So there's no bottom. There's everybody, you know? So when Ms. Cracker goes up uh, for her lip sync for her legacy, she goes obviously up against a lip sync assassin. Lori! But, uh, I mean, I don't know how you know this. So I'll just tell you, the lip sync assassin this week is the dancing diva of Texas herself, Ms. Kennedy Davenport. Is going to be this week's Lip sync is assassin. she a lip sync assassin? She is actually well known for her lip syncs. Yes, Kenny okay. Davenport is well known as a lip sync and dancer. Um, but uh, the lip sync, the expected lip sync song though is "Fancy" by Reba McIntyre. <gasps> I'm gonna choke to death. Hold <laughs> Lori was Lori got so excited. Andy, I know now everyone, Andy's not chiming in because he doesn't, he's made it very clear he doesn't watch RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Even though, Andy, what is your profession? Well, I got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a DJ for drag shows. Okay. Um, Alright, so Lori, <laughs> now that you're back, uh, what were your thoughts on Fancy Baby of McIntyre being the lip sync song this week? Oh my god, I love that song so much. Oh. You're gonna, oh, it looks man. like you're gonna be jostling in your bed until your stomach hurts. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Oh man! Oh, that's so exciting! I wish somebody better than Miss Cracker was doing it. But uh, well, here's the shocking thing: Miss Cracker wins. I don't know how. We, I don't see how that happens because Kennedy is an amazing uh, performer and lip syncer, and Miss Cracker isn't known for that. And who does she send home, Lloyd Roggenkamp? Who is the person going home this week? God damn it! I swear to God, if it's not Blair, I'm going to set my house on fire. Person going home this week. Blair St. Clair. Thank God. Oh, thank God. You can live. Yeah. You're not my home. Yeah. Yeah, my aunt's happy. Yeah. Because she I've been telling her I'm gonna set up the house on fire, shake your leg, it's voted off. <laughs> it, yeah, her 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 aunt is constantly like, why are there big giant sticks with cloths uh, dip soaking in alcohol and gasoline, Lori, outside? Yeah. You'll and find Lo- out soon enough. Yeah, Lori keeps <laughs> Lori keeps trying to do. She's trying. She's trying to do a torch. Uh, like she's gonna like uh, chase a, a monster out of a castle. Yeah. Anyway, uh, okay for drag. Oh, Canada's Drag Race. Sorry for drag. Canada's Drag Race. I still not watch the show, so this makes no sense to me. So I'm just gonna zip right through it. The expected maxi challenge is a rap challenge, which you know, whenever I think of Canadian, I think of what good rappers they are. Uh, yeah. the, the the expected bottom two queens are Tainomi and Anastasia, and the expected elimination for Canada's Drag Race is Anastasia. I have no idea what any of those words that I just said meant, but uh, there you go. Now, Andy, you were a guest today. How did you enjoy your experience today? It was a little bit. Um, it, it was under titillating. Is that a word? It was yeah. under intimidating. Sure, sure, sure. No, titillating. Oh, titillating. oh it was titillating. It was, yeah, I expected a little more out of you. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I had a really good time. And I'm, I, I loved it. It was fun. 
Thank you for yeah, having me. I had a great time too. It was, it was nice yeah. meeting you. I learned a lot about, you know, what uh, happened to Lori when she comes. That's yeah. uh, something well, I don't think I could have gone today. Uh, I'm just saying, don't look at my picture because then that memory is going to be burned into your brain. So <laughs> you don't want to see what yeah, I look. Good thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it's a good start to a Monday, I would say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> oh, God, like I forgot it's Monday. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck with your nightmares. And uh, <laughs> it was nice talking to you. Andy, do you want to yes, pl- you you plug your show right here? Yeah. If you want to check out our show, we are on all the platforms at Hot Fuss Show. You can go to our website, hotfussshow.com. Check us out there. Sometimes we do live stuff on Facebook, which is fun. So we get, you know, some more interactions uh, with the chat and stuff. But yeah, we're all over. Cool. Check us out. Lowry. Uh, if you want to check me out on, uh, I have a podcast called Bloody Podcast, which is a female-centric look at crime and folklore. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash bloodypodcast. And check us out also on social media at Bloody Podcast. And yeah, if you were available any, anywhere you get your podcast, so check us out. Okay, That's it. All right. Well, everyone, I, I love how we're almost done with the season of The Room, and I still have not recorded an official outro. Um... Can I ask one question? No, go ahead. So this whole time, Lori, I've been hearing you speak, and I had pretty much not heard any kind of accent until you said started saying out and podcast. And now I'm like, is she Canadian or from Minnesota? Like, no, Wisconsin. No, I. She, uh, she's just I, from I, soda. I, yeah, I'm from Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> no, I. <laughs> Uh, my dad is from Syracuse and then my mom's family's from Ohio. I've lived in California my whole life, but I, I've always been told that I have like a Midwestern kind of accent. Ah, so yeah, I, I've grown up in California my whole life, but yeah, for some reason I, I developed a weird, uh, <laughs> weird accent, but you know, it's just one of the more interesting, uh, tapestries in the uh, lovable quilt that is my life. I she, also, she also has a Midwestern body type. I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually in Midwestern 12. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, just my, that's just my pant size. I'm not mm-hmm. saying yeah. like any attractiveness mm-hmm. or anything. I'm pretty sure I heard Joe say he was in Midwestern 12 too before. But. Yeah, no. Well, that was the guy that I dated. Yeah. yeah. He when he goes to the high schools that in like the Midwestern yeah. towns, he cleans up. So yeah, I do yeah. really well. Just like yeah. just, I go, Twinks get in. And they jump in the back of the pickup truck and then we <laughs> we do a dance scene from Footloose. <laughs> but in the car. Yeah, in the car. Uh-huh. I go, let's so hear I start playing that wait, let, let, wait, let me get out of the show first and we'll keep talking. Hold on for a second. Let me get out of this fucking show first. All right, guys, we'll see you guys next week.